Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. Uh, My guest today is John Gruen, a uh, longtime uh, resident of uh, the Hamptons and also now in almost four months a year in Palm Beach. And uh, I want to welcome you to the show. And um, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about... uh, uh, how did you first uh, find uh, find the Hamptons from your in your life? How did the Hamptons come into your life? Yeah, it's actually interesting. Uh, my cousin, first cousin Jacqueline Singer, and her husband had a little house on John Street in Sag Harbor. And when I first came to the United States in 1964, uh, the next year in 1965, she invited me to come out to the house and uh, spend a weekend. And that's when I started to come out in 1965, a long time ago. That was a time when much of Sag Harbor was in ruins. Many of the the little villa, little homes were dilapidated and run down. And uh, it was a sad time in that in the 60s out, out there. Well, you know, I still saw the charm in the town of Sag Harbor. A lot of people uh, did. Yeah, it was always very charming. And, uh, you know, I remember going to the diner in Sag Harbor, and that was there forever. And the uh, Sag Harbor Pharmacy, who that was there. And, uh, you know, I really appreciated the fact that um, it was a quaint town that uh, didn't seem to have a future. But obviously, its location is so fantastic that the future happened regardless. You yes. know, the future of Sac Harbor just was something that was predetermined. You came to uh, to America from from where? From Bolivia. Yeah, my parents uh, left Nazi Germany in uh, 1939. And uh, they were fortunate enough to be able to be received in Bolivia as immigrants. Uh, They uh, landed in Chile in Antofagasta and then took a train to La Paz. And La Paz is very high in the Andes. And my father and mother decided to move to the valley and it's a town called Cochabamba. Cochabamba, which is a Quechuan name, which means uh, edge of a river. It's a subtropical area, area uh, zone, uh, about uh, three thousand feet above sea level. So the climate, yeah, the climate is uh, of uh, eternal spring. How did they uh, earn a living when they got there? Well, you know, it was very difficult, as most refugees you can imagine. Um, <laughs> they didn't know Bolivia existed. They didn't speak the language. I mean, German, both of them born in Berlin, uh, ended up in a country that was quite poor, 
and Spanish was the only language spoken there, and obviously Quechua, which is the Indian language. Um, my father started a little store importing uh, clothing for uh, high high end clothing for the arist aristocracy in Cochabamba. There was uh, a lot of family of old wealth. And um, my mother's name was Charlotte. So the name of the store was Salon Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, and little by little, he built a little business, uh, never made a lot of money. The store was about 700 square feet, but uh, it provided a roof over our head. And uh, was my father was able to send me to a private school in Bolivia. So he worked very hard, but he made ends me. How did you uh, decide to come to America? Then? Well, you know, when you live in a country outside the United States, you always imagine United States and especially New York as the streets being paved in solid gold and the land of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, although in Bolivia, I didn't have any anti-Semitism or I was very well accepted by all the kids and my school and everything, I always felt a little bit as the outsider because I didn't look the same. And uh, I basically had different uh, family backgrounds. So it was a little different. Uh, I, I didn't feel that I belonged there, although I love the country. So you came and uh, you went into the mercantile business here in, in, in East Hampton. In will remember Gruen Optica. Right. Well, I uh, came to Manhattan and uh, I worked. Uh, I, you know, I first came with the attitude of becoming a physician. And uh, I found out early enough that it wasn't in my blood. I was too sensitive. And I think I, I wouldn't <laughs> have a good life with that. So I decided to go into the optical business. And I opened my first uh, retail location on uh, Lexington Avenue and 82nd Street in Manhattan. Uh, I was 26 years old, 26 years old, and I built Gruen Optica to a chain of 11 locations. And uh, in the year 2000, I was fortunate enough to sell it to a Canadian merchant banking company. And uh, I was very happy to be out of the retail business, although the optical business was very good to me. So um, you came to, uh, you were already coming out uh, to the Hamptons for many years by that time. Uh, and um, you've raised a family out here uh, and in the city. And uh, uh, then uh, more more recently, you, you became involved in developing Riverhead, re, re, hoping it would re, become reborn. Huh. Yeah, I um, I started in Manhattan. Actually, I was able to buy uh, some locations uh, where my optical store were. So I had a little a, a little idea of how the commercial real estate works, especially in the retail aspects, where I could ha have tenants who I would be able to get a rental income from. Uh, I contacted a friend of mine out here, a longtime friend, 
And um, we started to look for properties out here in Southampton. And uh, he mentioned to me, uh, John, how about Riverhead? So uh, I said, how about Riverhead? I didn't know much about it. So we drove to a Riverhead and uh, he was very familiar with the area because he has a beautiful home in Quag. So he went to Riverhead quite often. And uh, when I saw the town with those fabulous bones and a fabulous architecture and a lot of historical landmarks, I really fell in love with it. And I saw great opportunities. And uh, 10 years ago, we started to buy some uh, commercial buildings. Right in the center of downtown. Right in the center of downtown. Uh, I really believe that uh, Riverhead is going to is going to continue to come back and become truly the crossroads of the Hamptons and the East End because all roads do lead to Riverhead, and uh, it's so beautiful. And the North Fork and uh, Main Street is coming back with a lot of uh, new residential buildings and uh, new restaurants. And they're having more and more events. They have the Riverview uh, walkway in a beautiful park at the Peconic River. It is truly magnificent. It's really pretty. A lot of people of the Hamptons never go to Riverhead. So um, you should make an effort. Go and visit Riverhead on a weekend or during the week during the summertime. You'll be impressed. Have they... Uh finished with the, uh, there was sort of a welcoming arch to get next, uh, in the middle of downtown across from the Suffolk Theater. Is that done? Or are they still working on it? They're, you know, there's, uh, it's still working on it. Uh, but uh, that will be completed, I would assume, in another year. And uh, I go with my wife often to Riverhead and uh, in the spring and this, in the fall and go through Riverwalk. And it's really amazing. It's beautiful. There's a pizza place also in on Main, on West Main Street, and uh, you can eat outdoors. And um, you sit right at the river, and you have a huge amount of geese and ducks and uh, swans and roosters and chickens that roam around freely there. And it's a real throwback to 50 years ago. It's very clean and it's very, 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 very wonderful. Yeah, well, Riverhead was the center of the East End for uh, 25 years, more, 100 years. It was the county seat. And then uh, much of it moved uh, away. And uh, and so all, all roads uh, led to Riverhead. But then when one man, one vote came in and they moved mo about three or four, three fourths of all of the uh, county buildings out to the west uh 50 miles away and that's where they are today and now now is this uh rebirth is happening yeah yeah it is really you know the courthouse is not far from my buildings and yeah. uh, one of my buildings uh where uh bnb uh, bridge chapter national bank now uh dime bank is located so the property the building is right on the river and I have an area in the back where the parking lot is that has, has actual access to the water. And it's really terrific to see attorneys in their suits with their jackets and their white shirts and their ties 
bring the fishing poles and right. they fish during lunchtime. <laughs> they fish during lunchtime so they can relax there. And it's really terrific. It's tell really me a terrific. little tell me a little bit about Palm Beach. How how did you come to uh decide to uh, go there? Where do you where do you live in there and what do you do? Okay. Uh my wife and I are very much outdoors people. We enjoy outdoors, act, outdoor activities. We enjoy biking. We enjoy playing tennis. And we find, as we got a little bit older, that the winter months out here in the East End became a little more difficult. We rather play tennis outdoors than indoors. And we have good friends who moved down there and they kept saying, come on down, come on down. So we decided to come down uh, about five, years, six years ago. We rented a place for three months and we fell in love and uh, we fell in love with West Palm Beach, with Palm Beach, and uh, we decided to buy. So we bought an apartment uh, five years ago uh, in West Palm Beach, right on the intercoastal, uh, about half a mile, not even probably a quarter of a mile from the middle bridge. Uh, it is absolutely magnificent. We have views of the ocean, the intercoastals. Palm Beach, uh, and uh, we're surrounded by wonderful restaurants, the Norton Museum. We can walk everywhere. We pay, play tennis about four or five times a week. If we want to, we can play seven times a week. We take long bike rides, and uh, it has become truly an extension of our life here in the East End. Uh, many, many of our friends have moved out, uh, moved down to Florida. Uh, because we're all aging about the same time. And, we're, you know, so it's been really terrific. Uh, we take walks uh, in West Palm Beach or in Palm Beach. And it's like taking a walk in Southampton or East Hampton. Hey, 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 all our friends are down there. So a few more days looking at uh, my calendar here. In another 16 days, we're flying down and I'm looking forward to it. And you'll be down there for four months, three or four months? Yeah, I'll probably come back the second week in May. And truly said, Dan, and I'm not saying this because you're, you're interviewing me, I'm always very, very happy to come back to the East End. I love our home in South Harbor, uh, and I love the environment here very, 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 very much. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, th thank you very much for being on the podcast. Dan, uh, it's an honor that you thought of me, and it's my pleasure to be on your program and continue working the way you are. You are terrific, and uh, you'll be doing this for the next 25 years. I'll, I'll uh, see you soon, John. Okay, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye.